and it is Jesus who makes this a glorious day. Welcome to this morning's broadcast. Glad you could join us. Today, Colossians chapter 4, verses 7 through 18 teaches that when we lift Christ high enough, we will value people more. And now, Pastor Robert Elliott. So what do we know about these 10 individuals that mattered to God? What does scripture tell us about these 10? Well, number one, Tychicus, he was one of the couriers who took this letter to the Colossians. He was called a bond servant of Christ. I hope you remember, a bond servant of Christ is someone who knows of no more benevolent and wise, loving master than Christ and presents him or herself to Jesus Christ as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is their reasonable service of worship. It is not conformed to this world, but is transformed by the renewing of the mind that they may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Every one of us who know Christ should make that decision, if we have not previously, that we will be a bond servant of Christ. Anything Christ, anytime Christ, anywhere Christ. So this Tychicus was a bond servant, and his role was to take the inspired scroll with the book of Colossians to the people of Colossae in the church. Number two is Onesimus. He was once a runaway slave who had stolen from his master. But after that, God saved him, and he repented of his sin, and God made him to be faithful. God does that to people who will throw themselves upon him, mindful of their failures. Number three, Aristarchus. He was imprisoned with Paul as Paul wrote. He was arrested on a missionary journey along with Paul and he found himself in the dungeon with the Apostle Paul as this letter was written. The fourth person, Mark, or sometimes called John Mark. He was the human author of the second gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. This John Mark was once extremely estranged from the Apostle Paul, they had differences of understanding of philosophy of ministry and they parted ways. There's a disagreement. But then by the time this letter is written, they are reconciled. If you have disagreements with brothers or sisters in this church family, be reconciled so you both can serve Christ effectively. Justice, a Jewish convert to Christ who encouraged Paul, and scripture gives us no further details about justice. Epaphras, probably the one who founded the fledging local church at Colossae, probably the human church planter that started the church at Colossae, which received the letter we call the book of Colossians. He was a hard worker, another bond servant of Christ, and a prayer warrior. The next group of people mentioned are the congregation at Laodicea. Later, interestingly enough, in the book of Revelation, Jesus Christ, the risen Lord, pointed to this church at Laodicea and he called them lukewarm. They were neither hot nor were they cold. In the ancient times, hot water had many good, useful purposes and cold water had many good, useful purposes, but lukewarm water was useless. And they drifted in their first love from Christ later, and Laodicea, by Jesus' estimation, became a lukewarm church. The next congregation mentioned in the list is the congregation at Herapolis. This was probably founded during Paul's Ephesian ministry, 
and probably was exposed to the same heresies that the Colossians were exposed to that were so wonderfully well addressed in the centrality of the person and the character of Jesus Christ in this book of Colossians. The next person mentioned in the list is Dr. Luke. He was the human author of the third gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. He was also the author, humanly speaking, of the book of Acts. He was the medical doctor who personally traveled with Paul. He was Paul's personal physician. He was Paul's close friend and his frequent missionary traveling companion. Demas, now here's an interesting one. Demas was a flash in the pan disciple of Christ. Once he was very committed to Christ's cause, but worldly things sidetracked him, such to the point that he actually abandoned Paul and Christian ministry. We all may know people, sadly, that that describes, or maybe that described how we are or how we used to be. On this Demas, 2 Timothy 4, 9 and 10, listen, uh, Paul's writing the last letter, 2 Timothy, before he died. Make every effort to come to me soon. For Demas, having loved this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. You see, this once on fire servant, partner, co-laborer in the gospel with the apostle Paul got sidetracked by the world's cares, materialism, the world's agenda instead of God's agenda, and he deserted Paul, and Paul knew it the same year Paul would be beheaded. Nymphus is mentioned. We don't know a lot about him. Probably a man from Laodicea, perhaps wealthy and surely hospitable based on the fact a church met in his home. The congregation in Nymphus' house, Scripture does not elaborate on any details of this particular house church. And the last one in the list of ten mentioned at the end of this book of Colossians is Archippus. He was a servant leader at Colossae. By the way, every leader in every church ought to be said to be a servant leader. The least is the greatest. Jesus modeled that. He was a servant leader in Colossae, most likely the son of Philemon. And if so, he was from a prominent family. And Paul urged Archippus to be diligent in his ministry. So these are the names and the congregations that are mentioned at the end of this book. And we go through these things to point out that even though Paul was imprisoned, even though he could have turned his attentions and his thoughts inward about how hard done by he was, that he was in incarceration and deprivation because he was obeying God, he could have said, woe is me. He didn't. He looked out at the people in his life at the church at Colossae and other places, and he blessed them. He focused on them after focusing on Jesus. He loved them because people matter to God. People mattered to Paul. Because people matter to God this morning, do people matter to you? Do people matter to you? Would there be any evidence to show that people do matter to you? I want to make three observations from these verses. The first observation I want to make is when you lift Jesus Christ up high enough, you appreciate people more. When you lift Jesus Christ up high enough in your heart and mind, then people are appreciated by you more. There was no one that lifted the cross of Jesus Christ and the person of Jesus Christ higher than did Paul. 
And there were few who loved the church person by person more than Paul did. So why would it be? Why would it be the truth that if we lift Jesus Christ up high enough that we will appreciate people more? Why would that be? Because when we lift Jesus Christ up high enough, we are either going to see what Jesus Christ is doing in a redeemed person's life, or when we lift Jesus Christ high enough, we're going to see what Jesus Christ can do in a lost person's life who will turn his or her life over to Jesus and trust Christ to be Lord and Savior. So when we lift Jesus Christ up high enough in our own estimations, the consequence, the happy consequence, will be that we will appreciate other people more. Do you feel you don't appreciate other people as you ought? Lift Jesus Christ higher in how you spend money. Lift Jesus Christ higher in how you pray. Lift Jesus Christ higher how you serve in the church. Then you will appreciate people more. For when Jesus Christ is lifted up high enough, we will more deeply appreciate people. I've told you before that former British Prime Minister Sir Winston Churchill would doff his cap every time he passed a child. When asked why he did that, he said, because I never know when I will meet the future Prime Minister of Great Britain. When we lift Jesus Christ high enough we will appreciate people more, that either he's at work in their redeemed lives or that he wants to redeem them. Now let me give you some evidences that when we lift Christ high enough, we will appreciate people more. I'm going to go through them quickly. Number one, while in prison, Paul remembered those in Colossae personally and by name. He even wanted to do that to encourage their hearts. Verse eight, For I have sent him to you with this very purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. Here's Paul in a dungeon writing to people who are free and he's wanting them to be encouraged. Second, he put them, the Colossians, ahead of himself. Third, he didn't ask them for anything in verse 18, but prayer. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand, remember, that is pray, remember my imprisonment. Number four, he offered them news and comfort through the messenger Tychicus. In verse seven, he refers to them having information. In verse eight, he refers to them having knowledge of his circumstances. In verse nine, he wants the Colossians to have the whole situation here, something they understood. Why? Not so they would pity him, but that they would pray for him. So he offered them news of his circumstance and comfort through the messenger Tychicus. He wanted prayer. Going on to evidence that the Apostle Paul had Christ lifted high enough so people in Paul's life were appreciated. He offered them greetings from several New Church Christians. We talked about the ones that were named. And he offered those Colossian readers commendation for Epaphras' discipling ministry among them. He said, this Epaphras from your church is an effective disciple maker. Today's Helpful Learning segment is brought to you by Calvary Bible Church's Christian Counseling Center. 
The center is located at 58 Collins Avenue, Nassau, Bahamas. If you would like an appointment or more information, dial 323-7000. That's 323-7000. Or email them at cccbahamas at gmail.com. And now, the Executive Director of the Christian Counseling Center, Pastor Frederick Arnett. Good morning and thank you for allowing us to be in your company this morning for a few minutes. Uh, my name is Pastor Arnett, Executive Director of the Christian Counseling Center. And of course, in the studio with me is my wife, Helen Arnett. And we will be talking today about the aspect of counseling and I am going to ask Helen to start off with us. Are Helen? we looking at some reasons why you should try counseling? And number one, uh, we want to say right away that counseling is, there's a misconception out there that counseling is just for crazy people or weak people, but approaching a counselor, coming to an agency to seek help shows maturity. It doesn't say you're weak and you're crazy. You really should come because many times talking to uh, your family or friends doesn't really help the situation. So coming in to see what you might um, consider a total stranger who doesn't know you can be very helpful. And in that vein, you can uh, get help for some of the problems you're struggling with, like you might be struggling with depression, a career situation, or loss of a loved one. You can come in and seek help. Okay. When I think of it as a young man growing up, I live in the vicinity of Fort Finn Castle, the hospital for those who were there with mental illness was also right nearby. And you were able to hear screaming of those who were ill. And it was very confusing, especially for young people at that time, because this was known as the crazy hill. So uh, I think there's some stigma still among us uh, in the community that gets the impression, well, if you go in for counseling, it means that you are crazy and uh, no, you're going to be ostracized from the families as well as the community. But we believe at CCC that counseling hurting people must be as we see the word of God in the message we receive through God's word. First of all, we believe that God is indeed the designer. Not only is he the designer, but he is the creator. He is the sustainer of all things for giving of sins. He heals of all our heartaches. He is also judge of all 
conflicts. He is the controller of all things. And obviously, knowing, of course, specifically how things should work when it comes to especially working with people with marriages or marriage relationship. Um, I believe that uh, we ought to adhere to what God's word says. And it tells us in First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, we uh, read, When you received the word of God's message, you accepted it not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also perform its work in those who believe. So, first of all, we try to get individuals to the place where they believe what God's word says. And I, no matter what kind of presenting issues they might have, the end result for me is to try and direct them in the way that they should go according to God's word. I think one good point about approaching counseling is we are all relational beings and we all relate to people. And sometimes in relating, we find that we are not doing well. And so this is why I think we should seek counseling because it is saying that, you know, if I come to counseling, I must be crazy. But if you're struggling with your relationship because of being a relational being, you want to see what correction or what help you can get. And maybe coming, that is the Christian Counseling Center or some other agency, you can begin to dig into the unfinished business, the old stuff, and have it aired and unpack. Counseling is not for crazy people or weak people. Counseling is for persons who probably you can't talk to your relative or your best friend. I would encourage you to seek help and unpack whatever you find that is difficult or whatever swept under the rug. Get it out and deal with it. Until next time. In the will of the Lord. And now, today's ministry spotlight. Well, good morning. I'm in the radio studio this morning with our fabulous youth pastor, Nicholas Rogers. Good morning, Pastor. Good morning, Pastor Elliot, and good morning to our listeners. Fantastic. We're having a little segment today called Youth Talk, and I was hoping that Pastor Nicholas could relay to you who are listening some of the important issues, the challenges that teenagers, uh, youth face in the Bahamas these days. And I know you have an issue in mind to talk about on this broadcast, so please tell us what that is. Uh, good morning again to our listeners, and this morning's topic is peer pressure. This is something I think that not only youth face, but I think adults face it as well, because I think even adults want to be accepted in their workplaces. But this morning we want to talk ex to, especially to our youth, and for me as a teenager, I can think of many times in my life where because I wanted to fit in with the crowd, that I gave into peer pressure. And this morning, uh, I wanted to just think about that and one of the verses that come to my mind is Ephesians 5, 7, 11. It says, Therefore do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. 
Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. And I think that when I, when I think about this particular um, passage, um, for our teenagers who have accepted Christ and who have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, it's very important that you understand you have to stand up for Christ. It's hard. Um, it's very difficult because people are going to always pressure you from the outside. And again, if you saw in that passage, we talked about the difference between light and darkness. Um, for those of us who walk in light, which is, like I said, you have a general name of Jesus Christ, it's going to be hard because our world is full of darkness. So people are always going to come at you with different things and different problems, and they want you to give in. And um, one of the other segments that I'm going to look at um, later on in this, this whole you talk is pornography. Um, for me, as a, as a teenager, I can remember um, time and time again where because of, you know, peer pressure and because all my friends were looking at different videos and magazines, I gave into that peer pressure. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for those friends, I probably would not have done it. Mm-hmm. But it's because we want to be accepted and we feel like if I don't, I'm going to get called like I'm a punk, a sissy, you know. And in our Bahamian terms, we like to say, you like Matt. Mm-hmm. You know, these are things that people um, try to bring out to you because they want you to give in to the things that are wrong. Yeah. And I think that this is something that I think that, like I said, our teenagers are facing every day in our schools. Um, when you go to school now, you have to be very careful because everyone wants to be accepted. There are teenagers today and even kids at the age of 11 and 12 who are getting involved in gang violence because they feel like this is the only place they feel accepted. Mm. And I think that that's our problem as, as we think about our country. It's about our friendships. Uh, what are we doing? Are we taking a stand for Christ? Um, you know, and, and that's something that I think is very difficult for, for a kid because th- sometimes what happens even in the church and as well as in the world, sometimes they don't feel accepted in the church because the church isn't reaching out to them. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is something for us as believers that we need to recognize that we need to help these kids so that they won't feel the pressure from the outside world, but they would feel loved and, and warm from us in this in, in the church. Sure. So, Pastor, if you were uh, talking with a young person who was under incredible uh, pressure from their peers in a negative way, be it over drugs or alcohol or sex or, or uh, pornography or uh, shopping for brand names uh, that you can't afford, um, if you were talking to a youth about peer pressure, what would you think would be a practical help you could give to them? I think one of the most practical things is understanding who you are with. Um, the Bible talks about 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. So I think this is very important for you to understand because just because you may not be doing the things that these guys or girls are doing, if you're around them, you're in their company. Yeah. And I think that sometimes we want the labels, like you said, with different clothing and different things. People want to be accepted by the world. They want to feel like I have to buy the newest thing on the market because that's what everyone else is wearing. But I think that we need to understand that as a, as a believer, we need to be our own individual. Yes, and that we uh, find our worth in Christ. Right. We find our significance in Jesus. We find our identity in Jesus, which is something, it's a discipleship issue where we learn as we get to know Christ in his New Testament more and more. Let's if you wouldn't mind, Pastor, I just want to share one more verse. Oh, please, yes. First um, Timothy 4.12, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in life, 
in love and faith and in purity. Because I feel that so many times our young people may feel that I can't make a difference. But as you could see, um, what Timothy was saying is that don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. Hmm. Because they're, you're never too young to make a difference. Yes. And I think that that's our, our problem that we have today, that we think that just because someone is young that they can't tell us or teach us as older men and women you know, things, but we can always learn from our younger people because they are, you know, going through a lot of things. They need to understand they can be an example to us as believers as well. Amen. It's very encouraging for me as a pastor to see young people in our congregation standing with Christ, serving the Lord, and being a positive role model to even children younger than they are. Well, let's pray together this morning. Our gracious God, who is high and lifted up, we thank and praise you for this time together with Pastor Rogers. We thank you for the ministry that you have entrusted to him and those who work alongside of him with the young people at Calvary Bible Church. This morning, Lord, we pray for these young people, but also we pray for the young people who are listening to us on the radio this morning, wherever they live. We pray also, Lord, for others who are not young on their birth certificates, but are also facing peer pressure. We ask, Lord, that as we find our significance in Jesus, we would stand against it. As we find the power of the Holy Spirit working in our decision-making and our uh, lifestyle, that we would see we don't cave into peer pressure. Help us, Lord, to discern when we are hanging around with people that are not a good influence. They are bad company, and they are corrupting good morals in our lives. Lord, we pray that those uh, who have... um, walked with you, would continue to walk with you. And Lord, for any who are listening that may have succumbed to peer pressure and have regrets because of it, they've fallen into sin. We pray that they would not become totally ensnared in any sin, but even this morning they would confess the sin to you, uh, receive the forgiveness you've promised in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sin, you, Lord, are faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So please give victory to the young person listening today who has succumbed to peer pressure. Give a sense of cleansing, a sense of uh, strength to say no to it going forward. And for those precious ones who have not yet given in, thank you and give them continuing strength to stand against it. And we pray these things for Jesus' honor and glory. And in his name, amen. You've been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church, Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship services are at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. in our sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We encourage you to join us. Feel free to write us at eocradio at gmail.com. That's eocradio at gmail.com or P.O. Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And remember, everyone needs a savior.